With more than 200 accredited courses and more than 1,000 videos, the Police One Academy is a powerful online solution that provides department training programs with features that reduce time spent on records and policy management, credential tracking, and more. It is law enforcement training made simple and effective. For more information and to get a 30-day trial, visit www.policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, this is Jim Dudley. Jim, not too long ago, um, about four or five weeks ago, uh, Police One carried a a news article that um, detailed uh, an an agency in Ohio uh, that had had eight or so of its recruits injured during some defensive tactics training, and injuries ranged from, you know, bruises to concussion. And, of course, now everyone paying so much attention to CTE in all kinds of sports, soccer, football, wrestling, what have you, any kind of type of contact sport, you hear concussion and, and th- you, people get alarmed, people get agitated. Uh, and rightly so. You don't want to pile up a bunch of concussions. Now, at the same time, you know, the p- people on Police One were criticizing, you know, hey, these recruits are soft or, <laughs> hey, these trainers need more training to train the, the, the recruits or, hey, people were all over the place with the right, comments. Right. Um, as is oftentimes the case when you have a contra- controversial um, topic. The, the, my way of looking at it is you have to get to that line where you're doing as much reality as is possible and then you get to the safety side. But that becomes a question. How do you balance reality and safety? What do you do to create the environment where you're gonna have the stress inoculation, you're gonna have the physical demands of you, on you, you're gonna get as close to the street as possible but not injuring your recruits or your officers. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I totally endorse and believe in the uh, train like you fight and mm-hmm. fight like you train and and all that to get it as close to reality as possible but that said um in in the kind of training that we're talking to that was that was in the article it was physical mm-hmm. uh, uh defensive tactics training and we in across the country there's red man training where people put on the suit or blue man that you put on the the padded suit and and recruits or cadets try to take you down or get you um to to succumb to an arrest and um, I've seen these things, and uh, I have seen ambulances uh, respond for mm-hmm. for um, you know young people that are usually dehydrated, and then this kind of fight really takes it out of them. But um, there are points of diminishing returns where if it just gets out of hand, there's no benefit to that kind of training. Then you go to live fire training, or or as close to simulated mm-hmm. fire training. And my eyes were opened uh, several years back when we had an active shooter high-rise training uh, with police officers, uh, multiple police agencies. We had uh, business people in high-rises that wanted to be assured that if there was an active shooter, that before the police responded, that they should have a role and and what should those roles be. Um, And it was great training. It was set up uh, really well done. a lot of things were thought out. Um, we vetted uh, the trainers. We vetted the people who were going to do the physical roles, the the actors. Um, 
generally officers were just called at random from stations and told to participate. Mm-hmm. So, so that was a, a, a good uh, test of a, a, con, a control group and an experimental group. Um, but you've seen these things sometimes end in tragedy. We've seen them you know, way too many times. Um, in the Bay Area, there was a, a training incident where uh, an officer discharged a live uh, round into a role player, and mm. um, and there was a fatality. Now that's happened across the country on yeah. multiple occasions. Right, you know, right. You know, you have to make sure that your your training environment is completely clear. Right. right. You know, multiple checks and multiple lines of defense instill those things happen. Right. Well, well I walk into this active uh, shooter training, and um, there there was an officer at the gate, lets me in. Uh, and then he says it's on the 16th floor or whatever it was. And I, I go up there and all of a sudden I am by myself in a hallway with guys running down the hallway with ski masks and what looked like fully uh, automatic weapons. And I'm thinking to myself, I am armed with my pistol and live ammunition. Yeah. I should have never been there, should have never been in that spot. And that's why it is so important to have uh, overriding safety officers who make sure that there is no live ammunition yeah. on board, that people are checked when they get there and they're checked when they leave, uh, that there are constant checks and rechecks. It's almost as if you're using a less lethal shotgun where you hold the round up and you tell your partner, less lethal, less lethal, less lethal. Mm-hmm. He sees it's a dummy round or a, a beanbag round sees you put it in the shotgun, watches you rack, and then you yell that you're going to fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, there've gotta be those kind of safety precautions or else you're you're inviting these kinds of tragedies to happen. Yeah, I frequently come back to the topic of Urban Shield. Everyone listening knows that I'm a big fan of Urban Shield. Um, I've been to it probably seven times in the course of the last 10 years. Um, one year I even did the full 48 hours, no wow. sleep, kind of just driving around, um, following teams in, into and out of these scenarios. And they're really complicated, complex, like you described that uh, the scenario of active shooter, you know, there'll, there'll be, you know, diplomatic protection, there'll be this particular scenario, all sure. of these different things. And there are multiple lines, multiple layers of checking different, everyone who walks into this, into the thing. An observer like myself checked completely for weapons of all kinds. And I think that that's a really good standard to have. Sure. You have three lines of defense, three three pat down, three frisks. Um, make sure you're, you're free of weapons. But, you know, even in places like where you're going to, say, for example, a mat room, you're going to do the weapons checks there, of course, mm-hmm. right? Right. You're just doing defensive tactics hands-on. You have to have procedures for tapping out. Yeah. You know, you have to have... Safe word. Safe word, right? I mean, it's, we joke about it all the time. My safe word is, you know, Valentine's Day. <laughs> but, but it's true. Um, you know, the, uh, uh, the the point of the matter is, is that there's so many ways in which um, we, we can look at police training. For, well, another thing that I just thought of, simulators can be used. You know, the 360 or the 180 uh, video simulators. Shoot, don't shoot. Yeah. Shoot, don't shoot scenarios. Um, all kinds of different ways where you can get it, you can ramp it up to as close to real as possible, but also remain safe, right? Yeah, yeah. No, hands-on. A lot. That's of, the hardest one. That's the hardest one. You get recruits who come into a police academy, never been punched in the nose, never laid hands on people. Yeah. And it is a wake-up that you want to happen at the academy and not in the street. 
and, and it is unpredictable if nobody's ever been in a fight before. You cannot predict their behavior when it's on the street. And, and that's when things get rough. I've been an FTO wrestling around on the ground with somebody one time armed with a knife and I yelled at my recruit to stand close and key the mic so I could tell <laughs> the, the help where to go yeah. because they, they couldn't relay the information. But the safety plan is critical in any kind of a training simulation, even the ones that you described. It can be an active shooter. It can be a physical um, role play. It can be uh, simulated chase, an evoc situation, uh, a boat, a dive. I mean, people can drown in these situations. Yeah. You really need that that oversight of, of safety and have that liaison officer clearly marked. Be able to call everybody off. You've got to give them the authority and the confidence to stop a chief, yep. a mayor, uh, somebody from state and say, I'm sorry, this is a restricted area. You cannot come in. And sometimes you, you get a safety officer who may not be willing uh, to, to take those steps. I've seen it at real crime scenes where dignitaries are allowed in because yeah. you have the, the perimeter officer who's afraid to, to take people on. So you've got to make sure that that's conveyed at the briefing, that, that they have the authority to do that. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting topic. Um, you know, it's, it's one that I'm sure is going to be hotly contested. Um, further down the road because these things we're going to see another headline like the one from ohio um you know it's happened in places like virginia people have you know been shot in, in sure. training and 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 so it's, it's it's a topic i think that it's merits our our attention and discussion and uh, so we want to hear from you what do you guys do out there at your agency to help mitigate the risks of training, uh, but also increase the uh, the the re realness or the um, the, the, authenticity. the authenticity right of, of your training. Send us an email to policingmatters at police1.com. That's policingmatters at police1.com. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>